Today, we conclude our generosity challenge, but not our grateful hearts. We come to the conclusion of the theme of generosity, but not a generous way of living. Amen? So go with me first to the Old Testament, to Genesis chapter 12, beginning in the first verse. I'm reading from the new revised version, standard version of the Bible, the updated edition. Genesis 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, here we are to worship, here we are to bow down, here we are to say that you are indeed our holy and worthy God. Oh God, we pray now that you would allow your Holy Spirit to have its way, to speak to our hearts and our minds and our souls. Take now this preacher and hide her behind that old rugged cross. So that everything that is said and everything that is done comes straight from you, O oh God. This is our servant's prayer. In the name of Jesus the Christ we pray. Amen. We've learned over the past few weeks that an attitude of gratitude helps us to ground ourselves in the reality that everything we have is a gift from God. We don't own anything. Nothing is because of us. Nothing is ours, but we are stewards or managers of everything that God has given us. We were created to be loving and generous people. And we are loved. And we are the beneficiaries of God's generosity unto us. So today we learned that we are transformed through this generosity. That once we are encountered by generosity, that we can never be the same again. Say this with me. I was born to be generous. I was born to be generous. And say this with me. I am created in the image of a loving and generous God. I am created in the image of a loving and generous God. Why is it important to say these things out loud? 
And why is it important to say them out loud together? Well, the Bible teaches us that life and death are in the tongue. The power of life and death are in what we say and in how we say it. The power of blessing and of cursing is in what you speak. The power of a good day and the power of a terrible day are in your mouth. What you speak is what you bless or curse. Now, we know there are a lot of self-help books out there and lots of podcasts about the power of positive thinking. This is not that at all. This is the power of God. God put God's power in your mouth by what you speak and how you speak it. How you bless and how you curse. Whether you have a scarcity mentality or a generosity mentality. Gratitude begins with the acknowledgement that all we have and all we are is a gift. When we are grateful people, we are people who pray. Did you know that it's very hard, almost impossible, to be grateful if you don't pray? If, if you cease to pray, or if you refuse to pray, or when you are uncomfortable praying, so you don't pray, it takes away the opportunity for gratitude in your life. And then we wonder while we're grumpy and tired and wondering if God is on our side. It's because we have not been in relationship. And if you don't have a conversation with somebody, it's really hard to be in relationship with them. Prayer Prayer follows gratitude, and gratitude follows prayer. The act and attitude of prayer moves us from acknowledging our blessings and then offering them back to God so that someone else can be blessed. Hmm. I think I heard in that that prayer is not about me. Did you, did you hear that? I think what I heard is that prayer is not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about what I want God to do for me. It's not about 
asking for the list of stuff, Jay, but it is about offering gratitude to the Most High God so that God can then bless you and that you might pass that blessing onto somebody else. No matter what's happening in our life, we should be asking this question. And this is a question I've heard my dad tell his congregations to ask all the time. In light of this, God, what would you have me do? Not, God, all this stuff is going on in my life. When are you going to fix it? Not, God, I'm in the middle of this situation. I'm in the middle of a crisis. I'm in the middle of a need. I'm in the middle of a want. What are you going to do about it? But rather, in light of what is going on in this life, God, what would you have me to do? Here's the thing about prayer. It requires courage. Because that prayer is scary. It puts us up for something unexpected. It opens us up to doing life in a different way that we've been doing it. It opens us up for the invitation of God to do something that we never wanted or we never considered or we never thought about. Father Abraham, before he becomes Abraham, we encounter him in Genesis and he has asked the Lord what the Lord wants from him. And the Lord says, go. Leave this place that you have been comfortable with. Leave this place that has been your home for generations. Pack up all your people and all your stuff and go to a place that you are unfamiliar with and go without griping and go without complaining and go without wondering what's next. Put your stuff together and go. Prayer requires courage. Courage to hear. Courage to listen. And courage to act on what we've heard from God. When's the last time we prayed? And our prayer was, thank you, God. Allow your Holy Spirit to have your way. Lord, I know I failed at some things you've told me to do, and I didn't do some things you told me to do. Forgive me, oh God.
and heal me, O oh God, so that you can tell me what to do and where to go in light of this. What would you have me do? This kind of prayer requires an attitude adjustment. It requires us to be still and to be quiet. It requires a shift in our understanding of prayer. People ask me all the time, why do we have to pray if God already knows what's going on and if God already knows what I need? Well, sweetheart, that's not the point of prayer. The point of prayer is to release your stuff so that you can hear and gather up God's stuff so that we can live and go in the way that God wants us to go. If prayer is all about you, then we're doing it wrong. What in the world does this have to do with generosity and gratitude? Hmm. We've got petitional prayer down, don't we? Asking God for what we want and what we need. But we're not great at asking God what God wants from us. And when we understand that that's what prayer is about, then our attitude, our way of being in the world shifts from being all about me to being grateful that God allowed us to take up space and to breathe the breath of life and to live this life and to be even even the poorest humans in the United States, more wealthy than 60% of the people on this planet. It moves us from wanting, needing, begging to giving. And living in a place of gratitude. Our second scripture this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, the 19th chapter. And it talks about Jesus. And, and you remember the wee little man, Zacchaeus? Well, actually, the Bible doesn't say anything about Zacchaeus being the wee little man, but we made that up. It says, he, Luke chapter 19 says, he entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So was everybody else in the Middle East at this time. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him. Because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come on down. For I must 
stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. (laughs) All who saw it began to grumble and said, he has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. Abram and Zacchaeus have an attitude of surrender to God. God says, go, and they say yes. They have what we call a prayerful willingness. In prayer, they are willing to hear whatever it is that God has for them to hear. And then to act on what they've heard in faith. Why are our prayers not as powerful as our ancestors, it seems? Because we only do one part of it. We pray, but we don't act. We ask, but we don't listen. We dump, but we're not willing. Prayer and prayerful willingness transform us because they require us to live into, to stretch, and to act in the faith that we say we have. Have you ever tried anything new? You ever tried to do anything new? When you first start, it feels like you're bumbling a bit. That you just don't quite have this thing right. And you can quit and say, man, I'm not good at this. Or you can continue to practice. And if you practice and practice and practice and practice, you might just become the very best at it. That's what prayer is like. We start out bumbling a bit. We might feel a little bit crazy. 
We might even find ourselves practicing and when somebody pulls in front of us on 75, 85, when you've just gotten out of the airport after traveling for 24 hours, actually about 30 hours, I, I don't know this to be true for sure, but maybe it is my own experience, and somebody cuts you off and what you want to say is not in the name of Jesus, bless you. But you've been practicing, right? So instead you say to yourself, ooh, welcome home. And then you begin to bless the Lord. Because you begin to realize that with a grateful heart, you are in a place that is like no place on earth. That you have just experienced great poverty and great pain. That you have experienced constant trauma and the constant fear that somebody is going to blow you up. And somebody gave enough money so that you didn't have to spend a dime to have this experience. So when you practice, you have a reorientation that makes you automatically grateful instead of automatically mad. Generosity transforms us if we know the power of prayer and if we'll act on it. Maybe we start with, Lord, I thank you. What would you have me do? Maybe we start with, Lord, I know that you told us in your word to be still and know that you are God. So why I am still, speak, O oh Lord, for your servant is listening. Prayer and the action of faith will literally change your life. Prayer, listening in prayer, asking God where God is leading you and then acting on it will literally transform your life in a way that you can't help but be grateful. When we intentionally seek God's guidance and listen to God's leaning, we are often nudged to go just a bit further than we would have gone on our own. And in doing what God would have us to do, we are challenged to faithfully respond. So are you ready to take a risk? 
Are you ready to pray the prayer of risk and listen for God's generosity in our lives and act on it in faith? Are you ready to ask the courageous question, Lord, what would you have me do? Then demonstrate courage. Ask God earnestly, not because the preacher told you to, but because you are ready. Listen for God's direction. Act in faith. And be transformed by generosity. This is the generosity challenge. Dig deep. Take it on. I dare you. So now, Lord, open our hearts and create a space for a more loving and generous spirit. Transform us, O oh God. Give us courage to ask for, to listen to, and to respond to your leading in our lives. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.